you know, we want that for heaven to come, but most of us don't have a clue, if we're honest, what that means. And uh, it is that theme that I want to share uh, with you this morning, <clears throat> if I may, um, because each one of us, pardon my back for just a moment, each one of us were actually uh, created uh, by God to receive um, heaven. Now, I'm keeping this where it is for a reason. I'm going to enlist some help from a couple of people in just a minute to communicate. Um, but we've been talking about spiritual gifts uh, for a number of weeks. And let me just um, reflect a couple of concepts uh, with you, if I may. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, Paul writes to those in Corinth, um, I would not have you ignorant, brethren. Let your kingdom come. Let heaven come. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, um, about spiritual gifts. Uh, and if you read on a couple of verses, we're told specifically that the manifestation in verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit, the manifestation of anything is to make something known or tangible or seen. To manifest something out of my pocket, this little tissue I used earlier, I've made it known, tangible, so that it could be seen. I would not have you ignorant, brothers and sisters, about spiritual gifts. Verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every person for the common good. The, the gifts of the Spirit, therefore, um, are specifically given by God um, to profit other people. Now, if you've gone to our website... I know some 30-plus of you have done so and have taken the spiritual gifts inventory. And if any of you would like to do that, myrtlegrove.com, or .org, excuse me, click on the spiritual gifts slide, and you can take a spiritual gifts inventory. All that is is a way to help you uh, think through what might be uh, the natural sort of flow of the Spirit in your life. However, it doesn't deal with um, miracles and healing and those kinds of things. Not that those aren't important, they are, but you can't test for them. So I want to share with you this morning around uh, that theme, if I may. Spiritual gifts, as we explore our life together as a community of faith, um, spiritual gifts are specifically um, um, given to us for a couple of purposes, so that we can experience the presence of God. Personally, and then give that away to another person. We just read that. I quoted it actually in verse 7 of chapter 12. Uh, the manifestation of the Spirit to make them tangible is given uh, to each person to profit others. 
So though you may have a strong suit, if you will, and it might be administration, it might be the spiritual gift of serving, it is still incumbent on us to tap into a reserve. No, that's not the right word. To tap into a flow of the Spirit that is not from our humanness, but is the flow of God, to therefore energize our serving. See, it isn't for me, it's for other people, or my administration, or leadership, or teaching, or whatever. Uh, So, um, God has given spiritual gifts to each one of us, and God actually wants us to learn to receive revelation from Him. He wants us to learn how to receive the revelation uh, of hearing His voice. Because if we can't hear His voice, we'll never have uh, uh, His flow in our life in such a way that it will impact other people. Now here's sort of one of the takeaways from that. Churches are dying everywhere because we've learned how to be religious, but we've not learned how to hear the presence of God, the voice of God, Uh, the revelation of God in such a way that we experience His presence and can then give that presence away to other people. We sing about it. We get moved by it. There's an internal witness of the Spirit in us about it, but we don't know how to do it. Today is about learning, taking a step toward learning how to do that. Okay? Okay, here we go. So I've given you some... Some preliminaries. God has actually uh, wants us to hear His voice. John 10, my sheep hear my voice. Uh, we could look at scriptures until Jesus comes about He wants us to hear His voice. Romans chapter 8, all who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. We could look in Old Testament and New Testament uh, to discover that because God wants us to be a conduit, a hollow pipe, if you will, through which His presence can be experienced and then given away to other people. He wants us to be able to connect with Him in intimacy, and it's not just for us, it's for each other and for those around you. So He wants us to be a conduit of His love. We need to learn how to flow uh, from the inner realm uh, to the outer realm. Now, I'm going to have my helpers come in just a minute, but let me read a scripture to you. I think that will be helpful. Uh, turn to, we just looked at 1 Corinthians 12, 1 and 1 Corinthians 12, 7. The purpose of spiritual gifts isn't for me. God doesn't care if I have the gift of. That will make me a pompous, prideful, if that's the end result. Spiritual gifts are to be manifested through us to other people so that other people can prophesy can profit from them. Now turn to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, if you would. For those of you who don't have a Bible or aren't scrolling to it in your iPhones, let me give you uh, the text, the, the context here. 1 Corinthians 6, beginning at verse 17. Paul's talking about um, the reason why we don't join ourselves to a harlot. The reason why we don't uh, fornicate to be as clear and accurate as I can. The reason why we, we don't do that is because we've already been joined to someone else. Uh, and uh, verse 17 says, but he who is joined to the Lord 
is one spirit with him. Now, it's the same word in, in, the, in the Hebrew, in Genesis. It's the parallel in the Greek here, in 1 Corinthians 6. For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and they too become one, flesh. So Paul's using that analogy from the Old Testament in Genesis um, uh, 1 and 2. Uh, that he who has been joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Um, therefore, verse 18, flee sexual immorality, uh, etc. Uh, and then verse 19, uh, for um, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Hello? 1 Corinthians six seventeen. You are one spirit with the Lord. And to further underscore, your, t- your body now is the temple. It's the place where Holy Spirit dwells. One spirit with Him. You're joined to Him. And He lives in you. Um, and He goes on, He says, uh, uh, who is in you? Whom you have from God. And you are therefore not your own. For you have been bought with a price, the precious blood of, of Christ, uh, to be sure. Uh, so the, the question is here, um, how do we as believers hear revelation from God, process revelation from God, and then share that revelation uh, with other people in a way that builds them up, encourages them, because 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, if you'd like to look that up, says that there's a purpose for spiritual gifts, and that is, see, they're not for us. They come from God. We're the conduit, and to give that away, we're the temple of the Spirit. We're one with the Lord in spirit, and therefore, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 3 tells us that, that for the purpose of that is to build up someone else, to encourage them or to give them comfort. Now, each one of us, um, spiritual gifts are not waiting for those who are um, worthy. Aren't you glad? Because if, the, if we could have x-ray vision into that realm to see who of us felt Worthy, there'd be very few of us, maybe none of us. Why? Well, let's look here. Uh, remember, First Corinthians six seventeen, nineteen, and twenty. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. Can everybody say one spirit with Him. That means something has happened in you. A mystical union by which your spirit is now one with Him. To underscore it further, the ho- you are the temple. That spirit is now living in you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit who is from God. And therefore, you don't belong to yourself. You belong to Him. Okay. Now, I'm going to illustrate this for oversimplification. I'm going to oversimplify this in order to uh, teach a truth that will begin to help you discover and recognize the voice of the Spirit in your life. So I've asked three of our elders to come forward. So if you do that now, I think that's Ron and Al and uh, Jimmy. 
And I'm going to ask them to simply, uh, let me pull my stuff out of the way here, and just stand right here. Give me enough room to walk in front of you. Um, just stand right there and face the congregation. Now, center up here, guys. I've, I've asked for three secure men who could stand in front of a congregation, and it might make some people feel... What would it make some people feel, Al? I don't know. Uncomfortable. <laughs> but it won't make Al feel uncomfortable. No. Now, here's what, I, here's what I want you to see. And I'm going to have to... I've got, got a bunch of notes, and I'm going to have to get off my notes for a minute. But um, let me just begin to communicate that God has given us a body. Uh, now, turn around and, and face me, Al. The other guy, just keep, stay there for a minute. Um, in, in, in fact, see, he has a body, and with the body, he interacts with the exterior world or could react to the exterior world. Now, he didn't react, but, but some people, people could. You trust me. Yeah, you do. See, he's interacting with the external world. Uh, circumstances and um, you know, other people, and it's raining. i got to get my umbrella. Oh, I'm out of food. I need to go to the grocery store. Um, he, we learn how to, how to interact with the external realm. It's the external realm that every one of us are involved with every day. Uh, now, um, Ron, if you turn around and put your hands on his shoulder, keep looking at me. Come on, look at me. You're the body. Here we go. Uh, and let's, spirit, you put, you turn around too. We have a body. Uh, we have a soul. You're the soul. Uh, Ron's a soul, brother. Let me tell you. Uh, he, he, and in that soul, we have a mind, a head, if you will, a mind. Uh, we have um, emotions and personality, you know, and all those things. And, and we have a choice to govern, to do certain things. Um, and in fact, we have a spirit man. And uh, the spirit man, however, is often neglected. You stand there for a minute. Now, go, 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 go ahead and hook back up. Now, when you look at a person, you see their body. And some have said when you look into their eyes, you see the windows of the soul. And what that means is you're looking that beyond his physical... I started crying when Kim started singing that song this morning. We want the presence of God, but we're so afraid of it. We have a body, but, but behind the physical man, he has a mind. He has a soul. He has the capacity to think, the, the capacity for cognition, you know, uh, to analyze. Uh, he has the, he, this man, this whole person, has the capacity not only to interact with the exterior realm, but he does so by means of his brain. His, his personality and his experiences that he, the outer man, has are processed through the soul. And uh, in other words, when, when we have an experience and we don't know what it is, we don't, we don't know what it is until we process it and experience it. And then we go, oh, oh now I know. Uh, so um, not only do we have a body and a soul, but we also have a spirit. Now, the, the spirit here is the internal realm. Um, okay, you can turn, turn back around and face the congregation here. So we have a man or a woman, and they're made up. Now, now many people historically, theologically, have just said, we are body and we are soul. 
Now, now, that just means it's hard to separate what is spirit and what is soul. Though Hebrews 4 tells us that the Word of God can actually do that. Um, but So don't get hung up on nomenclature or terminology. But you do know you have a physical frame. You know, we react, we respond, we have a mind, we have a personality, a will, we have emotional affect. I cried this morning at a song, that was, my soul was responding, but it was also because of my spirit was being moved. And see, the spirit, not only do we have the, the, the physical body interacts with the external realities of life, it is processed primarily through the soul, through, through the thinking, uh, analyzing, processing, um, a number of words, uh, evaluating, analyzing. And some of us are very analytical. That, that I am analytical to a fault. And therefore, I share that to say, not to be negative toward myself, but to say I have had to learn that there's something more than being analytical. On the Myers-Briggs, I'm a thinker off the chart. You know the Myers-Briggs personality inventory. I'm a thinker. That means my default mechanism is right here. And God has begun to teach me over the years that there's another part of me that can be ignored, and that is the spirit realm. Now, what the, the spirit man... See, we're not talking Holy Spirit right now. We're talking when a person's born of the Spirit, their spirit is now made alive to interact with their mind, their will, their emotions, and their body. And spiritual gifts then are to be uh, picked up by the Spirit through the Holy Spirit. That would be me in the illustration. And, and we then learn how to interact and then process what we're hearing in such a way that we can then speak and act according to what we've heard over here in the Spirit. Now, let me uh, see if I can make it just a little bit uh, clearer uh, to you. Um, we access heaven. We just sang the song, let heaven come, let your kingdom come. We access heaven. Every one of you can access heaven. Why do I say that? Because you have a spirit. And not only do you have a spirit, but the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus, and if you've been bought with a price, if you're the temple, you know, the Holy Spirit of God comes and lives now in the temple. The question is, where does he live? Does he live in the, in the body? Does he live in the uh, soul? Does he live in the spirit? And the, question, the answer to that is yes. He lives in the body, therefore Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to give your bodies as a living sacrifice. Um, be, not trans, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know that perfect will of God. The way we know the will of God is by the Spirit. It's not through the flesh. Now, if you two guys turn around, put your hands on his shoulders again, you stand right where you are. Most of us, if we are honest, have learned throughout the years of our life to interact with God on the basis of our body, our perceptions, our circumstances, 
we, and we then evaluate all of that through uh, the soul. Now, Romans chapter, I could go on for hours here, and I can't, but let me just tag a couple of things. Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 5 says, The mind set on the flesh, spirit excluded, he's still there, he's part, but the mind set on the flesh, can everybody fill it for me? Is what? Is death. And most of us have spent, most of us spend the majority of our time living out of our analytical, uh, logical, empirical, evaluating um, all of what happens out there thinking that it's God. And of course we baptize it, all of what we do, in religious language sometimes. So that we can seem spiritual. But we already are spiritual. Because God has already given us a spirit, and it's the spirit realm then that is in constant contact with the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6.17, we're one in spirit, so that we can then learn to evaluate what God is uh, doing um, in us. So the the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So the place where life and peace comes from, okay, you can turn back around and face the congregation again. The place when we're born of the Spirit, God begins to turn everything upside down. Um, See, we live our lives in the flesh, evaluating all of our experiences uh, by our mind and our emotions, uh, our our processing, analyzing, and um, that's the way we live our lives. But along comes the Holy Spirit, and He begins to draw us into oneness and relationship so that now the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Now, you guys can go ahead and take a seat, and thank you so much for illustrating this for me. Let's give them a hand, can we? Now, I told you I wanted to oversimplify, and we have my... My friend Lunsford here is a, psych- a psychiatrist, and he's going to help me afterwards. Like, oh, that's powerful. You know, you need to think about this. Is not medical uh, psychiatric talk, but what it is is helps us to understand some things. Now, I want to just share a few more concepts be- before we actually go to communion. Um, the soul has a language. The soul is the middle guy. The soul has a language, and the language of the soul. Um, not the spirit, the language of the soul is primarily, for most of us, you see, we are left-brained and right-brained people. I talked to Josh Kress. Where are you, Josh? Here's some, yeah. Oh, he's helping in the kitchen. Okay, I talked to Josh. I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm tired. And he said, I said, why? He said, oh, I'm, I've been doing physics. Well, I'd be tired too. <laughs> now, here's what happens. If you're working a mathematical problem and somebody puts a brain scan on your mental activities, the left side of your brain would light up. He was tired because he's left-brained, tired, fatigued. In other words, he was analyzing, he was processing, he was uh, systematically thinking, left brain, and the language of the soul is primarily left-brained. 
particularly for those of us who are thinkers, analyzers, critiquers, etc. Logic, empiricism, um, um, figure it out, and, and, some, and we feel like that's, therefore, it must be God. But in fact, sometimes it isn't God. Now, there's a language of the Spirit that I want you to begin to, to understand that's very different than the language of the soul. The language of the Spirit over here, that was Jimmy Richardson, the language of the Spirit is primarily uh, right-brained, meaning it's not logical, empirical, scientific, evaluating, and critic, critic, criticize, not criticizing, but being critical, critical thinking. It's primarily um, the Spirit thinks in more spontaneous flow. Any artist types in here? Anyway, you know, you're, you're primarily right brain. That's the place where you dream. If you put a brain scan on you when you're sleeping, if you go into, you know, that rim, that rapid eye movement thing, you're, the right side of your brain would light up because that's the place, that's the realm of the spirit that dreams. It's highly creative. Uh, it's spontaneous uh, flow. Um, it's the place where we access heaven the language of the spirit is not analytical pragmatic logical sorry guys most of us are that way and that's not the way we flow and receive heaven we receive the flow of heaven primarily uh, uh, through um, um, the, the inner realm energizes us the scripture says the Spirit quickens us, gives us life. Uh, the Spirit realm illuminates um, us, gives us light. The spiritual, uh, the inner realm, the Spirit um, accesses spiritual sensations that are different than um, soul and body sensations. They are sensations that come from the Spirit. Now, I'm, I'm going to try to rake this into a pile that can be understood. First of all, I've said we have a body, we have a soul, a mind, a will, we have affect, emotions, personality, experiences. We process usually from the, from the soul out most of the time. And God has raised up a people who are beginning to understand that, that we actually process from the inside out, from the spirit out. Now, if, you, if you're wondering where God is, I hope you already understand from the scriptures I shared, we're the temple, the spirit, we're one with the Spirit, He lives in, we're joined with Him, so when it comes time to looking for God, you don't want to look for Him out there. Maybe if something shakes, that might be God. Maybe, you know, somebody, that might, he's not out there. Now, the way he impacts people can cause them to do things that makes you think maybe that's God, and it could be, but God's not out there. God's not, help me here theologically, God's not up there, though he is. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. But at the very same time, the Spirit of God now lives in our spirit and has become one with our spirit man so that we are now alive. So that we can receive impressions from Him. So that we can be led by Him. Uh, so that the language of the Spirit 
is not logic, empiricism, etc. It's, it's the creative flow side, which I'm beginning to discover. And I have, a few years ago, I went to the mountains, we had a retreat, and uh, John uh, Helser, no, Ken Helser, up in the mountains, began to teach and journal how to hear the Spirit. And what I began to discover there is like, oh my goodness, I've lived all my life out of the soul in the, into the external realm through my body, and yet God has been speaking to me all the time, and I haven't understood it. Because here's what happens. God speaks to us. See, heaven comes. When we say heaven comes, heaven's already come. And he speaks to you, uh, but when he speaks to you, he might, he will, he will speak through, um, through the written word to be sure. You must read the word in order to feed your spirit to understand the character of God and the ways of God. But the spirit of God will also speak to us through pictures. Not an analysis. Not pragmatism. We get pictures in our soul, but the Spirit of God can speak to us through the written Word. The words I speak to you, Jesus said, are spirit and they are life. But He will also, also often drop a picture into our spirit, or He will drop a word into our spirit, and here's what's ha- what will happen. If you're not careful, God will speak to you, and then the mind that is used to analyzing and figuring everything out pragmatically, logically, will argue it down. Anybody know that one? Come on, let's be honest. Anybody know that one? You think you've heard from God and your mind says, that can't be God. Why? Because it sounds just like you. Who who else would it sound like? Well, shouldn't it sound like... It's going to rain for 40 days. That's God. (laughs) No, it's going to sound like you because the Spirit of God now is one with our spirit and the mind must learn to interpret those, those, those dreams, that creative flow, that spontaneous flow, um, uh, those pictures, those words in order to, their, their impressions. Have any of you had an impression? Uh, have any of you done something and your wife said, I don't know why that's wrong, but I don't think that's right, and you've, went, you've gone ahead and done it anyway? Have you done that besides me? Now, what just happened? They might not be able to put their finger on it, but they have intuitively picked something up by the Spirit, and they can't prove it to you through analysis or, or you know, logic, uh, but they've picked something up by the Spirit that's God in them, and lo and behold, we run ahead and do something, and we fall on our face, and now we have to go back and process what happened. Why was I so stupid? Well, if you run the train back, you begin to realize that your mind heard something, but then you argued it down. That can't be God. So, let me give you the... The Holy Spirit communicates to our spirit through four means. The written word, number one. Number two, he will drop a picture into your spirit. And then the mind must interpret that. Or he will speak a word to your spirit. Maybe just one word. 
God doesn't give you lengthy messages most of the time. In fact, I suspect that when Lloyd, I think it was Lloyd, gave that prophetic utterance this morning, God didn't give him six paragraphs to say. God gave him a sense, an intuitive impression, and he said, okay, God, I think that's you. I'm just, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I know how this works. I did it last week. And we, we have a word or two, and as we begin to then evaluate, God, is that, is that you? We begin to speak it. We have to give expression to the picture, or to the word, or to the impression, or to the intuitive thing that you think you heard. And then we have to evaluate it uh, by what the, the same mind that evaluates um, External experiences, the same mind must learn how to evaluate spiritual experiences. That's why don't be, trans, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? It means quit um, evaluating everything from the physical sense and begin to give yourself to allow your mind to interpret the promptings of the spirit, that creative stuff. And I need to end here. Now here's, let me give you a couple final thoughts. Tuesday at the healing service, I'm going to be teaching on this again, and we're going to um, activate and begin to walk some in. We're going to, we're going to practice. Um, Wednesday night in our prayer time, we'll probably do similarly, because I, I've sensed in my spirit, see I'm one with the, the spirit in me, I've sensed that God wants us to begin to learn this. I don't know why, just the times that we're living in. How do you walk by the Spirit. Uh, so, you'll get an impression, spontaneous thought. Now, let me give you um, a, a, a couple of ideas. I've already said God communicates through the written Word, through pictures. He'll drop a, a word into your, into your spirit, um, an impression, a spontaneous thought, and uh, creativeness, you know. And, and now you have to begin to um, inquire through the mind to the Lord. Lord, is this from you? See, we don't check our mind. And that's the allegation that many say. If you begin to walk by the Spirit, you just become an idiot. No, you don't. You know, God doesn't tell you to brush your teeth. He's given you wisdom to brush your teeth. God's not going to tell you that you've you got to go wash your car. If your car's dirty, you probably want to wash it. So God's not always, I don't think... God's always speaking to us about the things that are our responsibility. People that, I think, people that are, that God says everything, you know, God, God's just is always speaking, they're probably very relationally broken. Now, now the person who never hears anything from the Lord, they're probably, um, they're, they're, their spirit is probably wounded. You've gotten hurt. Maybe there's abuse. You know, there's all kinds of things that begins to, to cause the Spirit to close up, and therefore we don't think we hear. But God wants us to recognize that we do hear, we can hear. Now, when you begin to hear um, the voice of the Lord, how do we learn how to hear the voice of the Lord I'm landing this plane? How do I begin to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord? The first thing you need to do is you need to turn off the noise. in your mind. Noise can be all of that evaluation, all of that processing, all of that logic, all of that stuff that fights against the Spirit. 
You need to dial down the noise, number one. Um, Noise can even be demonic accusation. That's noise in the mind. What do I mean by demonic accusation? It means, uh, Mark, you'll never do anything for God. Where'd that come from? You see, that's that, that self-talk then in the mind that, that somehow the enemy has the capacity to impact your mind. And if you agree with him, guess what, Mark? You'll never do anything, will you? We'll never do anything because we're agreeing with the enemy. So we need to understand who we are. We need to silence the noise in our minds. And then secondly, we need to activate our spirit. You know that little guy that's, that's uh, one with the Holy Spirit? We need to specifically turn to him. Now, how do, you, how do you open your spirit? Well, first of all, it's just a choice. And now, if you have the language, a, a, the capacity to speak with tongues, I'm not talking about in the, in the group where you speak with a tongue and somebody has to interpret it. I'm talking about if you have a prayer language, this is the place where you use it. You simply quiet the noise... Open up your spirit, pray in tongues if you're able to do that, and simply begin to listen for spontaneous flow. Now, if you're praying for someone, um, and all of a sudden your eyes go to your performance or failure, guess what will happen? Shut off the flow, and you begin to think, and evaluate out of your soul. So, quiet the noise, open up your spirit, because a spiritual gift is actually receiving from the Spirit. We're a channel from heaven to earth. We receive by the Spirit, and the purpose of that is not for me, but it's to experience God's for sure for me, but it's then to give that away to somebody else. So... um, Let me illustrate this. Can I do that? Um, Nick, can I, can, I, can I pray for you? That's all this will be. Come on up. <clears throat> Nick's a new believer, and I've grown to love him. He's an amazing man of God, and I don't have anything for Nick right now. Um, how you doing, Nick? Sorry, good. sorry my hands are cold. Mine are sweaty. Especially after I called you up here. Now, I just want to just turn around and, and kind of... Um, the first thing I have to do is I got all this noise going on. I got, man, I got two, three hundred people looking at me. I got to produce, right? Guess what? Nothing's going to happen because I've just cut off the flow of the spirit. It's become about me performing. Do y'all see that? Okay. So I need to dial down the noise. I'm slowing this process way down. Now I'm just going to pray for you. Now I'm, now, I could ask Nick, how can I pray for you? And he might give me one or two ideas, and I could pray for him. I still have to not pray out of my soul. I have to pray out of my spirit if anything's going to happen. My soul doesn't produce the work of God. The spirit that I'm united with, one in spirit, he's the one that does everything. So we become then a postman, if you will, a delivery boy, if you will, of what God wants to do for Nick. So I'm going to quiet down the noise. Now I'm going to open up my spirit. What about that? <laughs> you know, I'm going to say, God, what do you have uh, for Nick? Okay. 
as heard something spontaneously. I don't know if it's right. Now I have to evaluate it. God is this, let me give you four uh, checks on how to evaluate something. Okay? Just stand by, I'm going to pray for you for just a minute. Turn around and look at them, that'd, that'd be good. Um, uh, is it consistent with what is written in the Word of God? This is not how hyper-weird we can be. Has God prescribed what I think I have gotten? Uh, secondly, does it conform to the character of God? The devil took Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple and said, throw your hide off. Well, he didn't say it that way, but you know what I mean. Throw yourself off. And Jesus said, no, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus knew not only was it contrary to the written word of God, it was contrary to the character of God. And then the third thing we need to do, let me make sure I get them all here, is does it produce good fruit? It's the fruit test. See, more than anything else, God wants to love Nick. I'm awesome. He does love Nick. The Spirit of God wants to bring to bear into this man's life a greater measure of understanding that the Father is good and loves him more than he can ever imagine and just wants to touch his life and, and minister life to him. Now, is this the last thing God will do for him? No. And, but, but then the fourth thing is, uh, is there an internal witness in my spirit that this is really God? Does it conform to the Word? Does it conform to the character of God? Uh, does, what was the third one? Does, is it, does it bear the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, etc. And is there an internal witness um, in my spirit that this is really God? See, you still have to use the mind. So let me turn around here. Let me pray for you. Can I practice on your brother? I just, want, I just want to pray for you. So let's just pray for a minute. And i got a word. I'm just going to access his spirit by what I have heard from my spirit. Uh, so let's just pray. Father, I want to thank you for Nick. And um, I bless him today in the name of Jesus. See, I'm, I'm simply opening my heart to him, what I've heard by the spirit. And I'm engaging his spirit uh, not with religiosity, but simply what I heard. And Father, I thank you for this man of God. I thank you for your amazing love that you have uh, for him. And Lord, I just ask that you would uh, begin to um, cause him to know how much you love him, regardless of um, uh, maybe past experiences uh, where um, dads may not have been or parents may not have been, uh, what they needed to be, but God, you want to um, uh, release him into understanding that he has a father that loves him uh, so much more than he has yet experienced. So Holy Spirit, engage him and begin to release him into that place of healing, to trust you with all of his heart, uh, knowing that you're a good dad and that you um, love him and want to bless his life in Jesus' name. Amen. So, thank you, brother. Now, sometimes, we've got we to end here, but sometimes, you see, all you're doing is you're hearing from the Spirit. I slowed this way down. I quieted the noise. I opened my spirit, and I heard a word. Anybody, can anybody here know what the word may have been? Just take a guess. Anybody? About dads, yeah. Now, you know, now Nick, let me was how did you feel about me praying for you? about that, the, the way I prayed.
Okay. So see, we're not trying to force anything on anybody. We're simply picking up, in that case, it was a word. I evaluated it according to, you know, the, the word and the character and the fruit and the internal witness. And then I engaged his spirit. Now, when you do that, all kinds of things can begin to happen. You know, people it be, can begin to experience God's presence. I've seen people shake. I've seen people fall. I've seen people do all kinds of things. Why? Because... They're sometimes for the very first time they're getting the message of how valued they are to the Father. Now, every one of you can hear and receive revelation from the Spirit and access heaven and bring it to the earth by this very same method. And there are some tests and uh, the test then are, uh, is it consistent with the word, the character, develop fruit, and um, is there an internal witness of the Spirit? Now, uh, we're going to celebrate communion here as we conclude. And uh, normally we like to be finished by 1130. We've got about another 15 minutes. Um, now, nah, probably less than that. But here's what I want you to do. Um, after I break the elements, I want to give some of you the permission to practice. Do I got to do this? Oh, yeah. Why? Because if you don't practice, you'll, you'll never do this. Now, now, some of you are going to be way uncomfortable doing that. But while there are people coming up and serving themselves, and by the way, you can hold the elements, you can pause here and take the elements, or you can take them back to your seat. But what I'd like to do, some of you, to risk going to someone and say, hey, can I practice on you? That means, can I pray for you? That's what that would mean, right, Nick? Can I pray for you? And so the first thing you're going to do is dial down the noise. Not about you. It's about God wanting to release something from the Spirit into their spirit. Open up your spirit to hear for a word, maybe consistent with the Word of God, maybe a picture, maybe a, a word. Turn on the spontaneous flow. God, flow by your spirit. Evaluate what you hear. And then just engage that person. See, here's the deal. If you hear from God and never uh, inquire about it, and then at, at the end of the day, you have to speak and act. Hello? Now the problem is it's going to sound like you. And the enemy will tell many of us that's not God. And therefore we don't think we hear him. But in fact we do. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. Saying, this is my body broken for you. As often as you eat of this bread, do so in remembrance of me. And likewise, after Jesus had eaten with his disciples, he took the cup and pouring it out, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. As often as you drink this, do this in remembrance of me.